You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. I'm Pastor Michelle. Well, I'm Michelle now these days. Um, I actually, I said that for 16 years, so it's kind of hard not to say it anymore. But I'm delighted to um, be with you this morning. We're starting a uh, two-week series called My Big Mouth. Not my big mouth, but I think that should be called our big mouth, right? Um, Because every time I say my big mouth, I get a little nervous. Um, but um, we're starting that today, and for some of you, you're, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I've already heard a teaching on taming your tongue or power of my words or whatever. Can I just encourage you to listen for something new? Because I think God sends fresh manna every Sunday for us to eat. And even though you maybe you've heard teachings on taming your tongue or whatever over the years, I just believe God has something fresh to say to you. So can we actually even pray that this morning and thank him for that? Lord, I just thank you that you always have a fresh word. Lord, I thank you that there's no way that we can ever know all that's in the scriptures. So Lord, I pray that this morning you would speak to us personally. I pray that this would be a morning of revelation, not information. And I pray that your word would speak for itself and it would penetrate our hearts. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last Sunday, Pastor Stan showed two absolutely adorable pictures of his little grandsons. They were so cute. And I can't top that because I don't have two-year-old grandsons. But I can go to the opposite end of the spectrum and show you someone that's, that's lived life. So I'm going to introduce to you my handsome husband. And I don't have a picture of him, but Walt's going to stand up and just wave. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. yeah. There we go. So as we dive into words this morning, I have a quiz for you. What do these people have in common? Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah, Conan, and Jimmy Kimmel. What do they all have in common? They all have big mouths. No, somebody said they all have a talk show, right? They all have a late night talk show. So I got to thinking, okay, with all these talk shows, and then you add on to it Fox News, you add on to it radio stations, yada, yada. I thought, I wondered, how many talk shows are on our airwaves these days? Like between radio, television, just how many are going, how many are going on? So I went to the fount of all knowledge, Wikipedia, and tried to find that out. How many talk shows do you think are emitting, emoting words over the airwaves in our country today? How many do you think? 200, somebody said? 2,000? Anybody in the back have a guess? Okay, I don't know how many, but the list was 200 pages long. I did not count them. 200 pages. Do we not like to hear ourselves talk? Wow, unbelievable. If you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. Of course, I know some men who are only five. But anyway, how was your day, honey? Fine. Okay, that was, that's one word answer. Okay, if you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. And if you're a woman, you speak an average of 30,000 words a day. And men are shaking their heads, which reminds me of the man who once asked, who was once asked, do you resent it when your wife has the last word? And he replied, no, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. (laughs) And you laugh the loudest of everybody in here. That's not fair. This morning, I want to talk to you about this incredible, invisible force 
that we have been entrusted with by God, and that is our words. Our words are powerful, and we see that right in the very beginning of Genesis. Verse 3, God spoke, and all things came into being. Verse 7, God said, and it was so. Verse 10, God called, and things were good. Verse 28, God blessed. It was the release of words from the mouth of God that literally spoke everything into existence. What's even more amazing than that is that because we're made in his image, our words have power as well. Our words have the power to heal or the power to wound, the power to encourage or the power to dishearten, the power to speak truth or to deceive, the power to praise or to criticize and belittle. And our words can be the key to our success or the key to our downfall. Have your words ever gotten you into trouble? Deceit, right there, words of deceit. Somebody said no. Um, I, mine have, mine have. And, you know, it's something that we constantly have to be aware of because just when we think, like, man, I've got this words thing down, I'm speaking words of life, I'm speaking words that bless people, we falter. We get in a conversation, we get frustrated, we get annoyed about something, and we falter and we speak a word that we um, regret. We have to remember that even though we make Jesus Lord of our lives, we also have to make him Lord of our lips on a daily basis. In the message, Proverbs 18.21 is paraphrased like this. Words kill or words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We get the choice every day of how we're going to speak. In fact, we get the choice in every conversation of how we're going to speak. And the book of James has a lot to say about words. In a very short book that was written to a group of Jewish believers that had dispersed all over the Roman Empire, James writes a very short letter to them. And he's basically saying, this is how you need to live as a Christ follower in a world that is very hostile to Christ. And one of the things that he really exhorts them about is their speech and their words. So we are going to read James chapter 3 verses 3 to 12 together. And it's all on the screen. So we're reading it um, in unison in the, in the same translation. Are you ready? Let's read. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men 
who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Through a series of illustrations, James gives us three reasons why we need to watch what we say. Our words can direct the course of our life, like a small rudder directs a ship's course. Our words can also damage our life and the lives of others. A condescending, critical, hurtful word can burn up a person's hope or confidence like a small spark can set a forest on fire. And words can also determine the life that you will experience. Rick Warren says it this way, we shape our words and then our words shape us. Some of you might have years ago seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness. Maybe you're familiar with the story of Chris Garner. He was a homeless man who set out to really change his life and he tried to, he wanted to break into uh, the stock, the world of being a stockbroker. And um, in that movie, Will Smith plays Chris Garner and there's a scene in that movie where he's had a very frustrating day, a very trying day. Um, hasn't made any sales. He knows if his next sales call doesn't go well, that there's not going to be groceries for several days. And um, But he's promised to play some basketball with his son. So he arrives to this basketball court discouraged and frustrated. And I want you to both listen and I want you to look at the impact of his words on his son in this clip. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so really, uh, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. Hey. Don't ever let somebody tell you, you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. I think that clip is so powerful for two reasons. 
One, it shows us the impact that our words have to bring someone down. You can almost feel it. The, the atmosphere in the room changed as he started to say, I was just average and you're going to be average too. You can sense the diminishing of hope and, and confidence in that little guy. But I also, I love this scene because he arrests his words. He has the wisdom to arrest. He sees what's happening on the face of his son and he chooses to change the course of what just happened and he starts to use other words. And as he speaks words of confidence and encourages his son to be bold, didn't you almost feel the, the atmosphere in the room change? I mean, you, you started to get hopeful and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that he did that. You know, you just are so happy that he started to speak words of life to that little guy. I think that's such an example of our everyday life because every day we have a choice of whether we are going to speak words that build people up or we're going to speak words that diminish the hopes and the dreams of individuals. Our words set courses. Our words set directions. That's why James referred to our tongue as rudders. They're like steering wheels. And they steer other people and they steer us in specific directions. So what gets in the way of us always speaking words of life and words of blessing? Well, I think John, uh, John quotes Jesus about something that we need to remember. In John chapter 8, verse 44, the apostle John quotes Jesus referring to our adversary as the father of lies, as the deceiver. The devil might not be able to keep us from choosing to follow Jesus, but he can keep us from choosing words that bring life into other people's lives. Um, And he uses deception as his tool. And I think there are three big lies that he has perpetrated on us um, that, that affects the way that we speak. So we're going to focus on those three lies in the next few minutes. Lie number one, we believe that we have the right to free speech. Now, before you get up in arms and t- call me un-American, let me explain what I mean by that. I know that the First Amendment of the Constitution guarantees us the right of free speech as well as freedom of religion and press and assembly. And I'm grateful for that freedom that we have that the government is prohibited from telling us what we can and we cannot say but with all freedoms come responsibility so we still have even though we have a constitutional uh, privilege to speak what we want to speak we still have a responsibility about what we speak but we're not just citizens of of america we're not just u.s citizens as believers we're also citizens of a kingdom We have a dual citizenship, and there are kingdom ways that God clearly expresses in his word about how we should and should not um, speak. There isn't free speech in the kingdom. We are to be mindful of others and the impact that our words have because they carry weight. Um, They determine things. That's why I think James said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says that we will have to give an account of every idle word that we've spoken. Malachi 3.16 
says it's, it's uh, referring to a conversation that God is overhearing the people of Israel having. And he says to them, um, it, Malachi says that he listened and he heard them. God is hearing. He's listening to what we're saying. And some of our words, we're going to be held accountable. The scriptures even says that there is a record being recorded of our words. I think that's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 141.3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Can I just give you some practical advice when it comes to this free speech thing? Anytime you feel that you're about to say in a conversation the words, I probably shouldn't say this, don't. That is a prompting from the Holy Spirit to zip it up, to keep quiet. And if you hear someone else saying at a table, I probably shouldn't say this, or in a prayer circle, I probably shouldn't share this. Protect them, shield them, and do them a favor and say, thank you for not sharing it, because you probably shouldn't. We don't have the right to say everything that we want to say. Line number two, if you're just kidding, it doesn't count. What you say doesn't count. That's a big lie. But it's not a new deception. The enemy was already perpetrating that on people 3,000 years ago because King Solomon writes in Proverbs 26, 18 to 19, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is a man who deceives his neighbor, neighbor and says, I was only joking. In other words, if I can summarize that, when we use reckless words, when we're reckless with our words, it's like we're walking into somebody's living room, firing, shooting a fiery dart or a fiery arrow into their chest. And when they yell, what are you doing to me? We say, oh, just joking. Can't you take a joke? Our words can penetrate the heart of someone and they can when they penetrate they can burn up dreams they can burn up hope they can burn up joy they can burn up peace and we can't use the i'm just kidding defense to get out of what we just did got real quiet in here um <laughs> line number three once you've forgotten your words their influence is gone Lie, lie, lie from the pit of hell. I grew up with a father who lived with a machine gun mouth. You know anybody like that? They can, something can trigger them, a frustrating day, a disappointment, whatever, and they just fire off at random whatever they want to say. And my dad used to, he's passed now, but my dad used to do this. And whoever was in his area, was ever in the environment, literally got mowed down with words. But then he would, 20, 30 minutes later, after we were still gasping for air, he would say, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry, I had a bad day. And he felt better. But can I just tell you, we didn't. 
We were bleeding internally from the things that were said. A lot of times when people say what they want to say, it's kind of like they take a piece, where another person's a piece of wood and their words are a hammer and they pound their words into other people. But if I pounded 15 or 20 nails into a fence and then I was like, sorry, and I started taking the hammer and pulling the nails out of that fence, what's still left? The holes. And when we speak words that are critical and harsh and disrespectful and cynical and tearing down, belittling kind of words, we can apologize, but there's still a hole in people's lives. And even though Jesus, the healer, can come and heal those holes, scar tissue is never as wonderful as the original tissue, right? I'd rather have original tissue than scar tissue. So we have to recognize that our words make an impact on people. Um, Our words leave a legacy in people's lives. Sometimes there are people who take pride that they've never hit anybody physically, but at the same time they're pounding people with their words. They're verbal arsonists with their negativity, disrespect, and critical words burning up the hope and the joy and the peace and the possibilities in other people's lives. Pastor Robert Morris in his book, The Power of Your Words, which is a great book, I highly recommend it to everyone, writes this. Jesus said that you and I are going to have to give an account for the words that we speak. Satan, the father of lies, tells us just the opposite, that words evaporate that they just go out into the air and they dissolve into nothingness. I'm here to tell you that a lot of the words that my father spoke in those fits of machine gun bursts took me years, took me years to get into proper context and um, to be healed from. Um, Our words last. Our words have impact. And we should be speaking to our children and to our spouses as the gift that they are from God. We should never be found speaking more kindly to people that we don't know than we speak to our very own family members that God has given us. The good news is that the same instrument, the mouth, that damages a relationship can also be an instrument that restores a relationship. That the same mouth that burns bridges can also be an instrument that rebuilds bridges in relationships. We just have to humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness and then start speaking words that bring life instead of death. Possibly the most, I think probably, not possibly, probably the most important and impactful conversation that we have with anyone is the conversation that we have with ourselves, the words that we speak to ourselves. Um, I would never want anybody to, to, to see the videotape that has gone on in my mind over the years because my conversations with myself are always not life-giving. I'm harsh on myself. I'm critical with myself. And that's something that I'm really working on changing in my journey with Jesus. At the end of, uh, two, uh, the end of last year, I left 16 years of full-time church ministry, left the staff of Grace Covenant and transitioned to running a missions foundation. 
And in January, I found myself in a situation where people were asking me, so how's it going? What are you looking forward to? You know, how is it? And I found myself in a season for a little while of expressing my worries, expressing my concerns. My words were, were laced with doubt and um, some anxiety. Boy, I hope I can do this. I hope I don't fail. What was I thinking making a major change at this age of my life? I mean, gosh, Moses was a Cub Scout when I was born. So what, you know, what was I doing? I hope I don't fail. I hope I can do that. I doubt I'm not very good at that. You know, I don't really have any training in X. And one morning the Lord just arrested me. And it was like, what are you doing? You know better than this. You, need, you, are, you are defeating yourself with your own lips. You're putting a lid on your life with the words that you're speaking to yourself. Stop it. Just stop it. So I sat down. I just remembered this this morning. I wrote this. I, I remembered that I had it in my Bible. I wrote this, and I began declaring this in the mornings. Because what I was saying, our words either kill or bring life. Our words either destroy or build up, right? And we have the choice. So I decided to write some words that aligned with the scriptures. And I decided to start speaking life, words of life. And this is what it sounds like when you speak words of life to yourself. And I wrote here, words to live by this year. Because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares upon God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my life. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he will direct my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to the decisions and the directions that are in my best interest. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. And I can let go of what he does not call me to give myself to. I love the living and the dwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Praying is as important to me as breathing, so I pray consistently. The word of God nourishes my soul, therefore I will take it in as fresh bread every day. This is the day that the Lord has given me. Therefore, I will rejoice and be glad, bubbling over with hope and expectation that is going to spill out onto others. That is a good way to talk to yourself. That is a good way to talk to other people. That is called life-giving words because they're the words of God himself. They're the promises of God himself in his word. So whatever you're struggling with, change the direction. If you don't like the direction your marriage is headed in, change your words. You don't like the direction school's headed in, change your words. You don't like the direction a relationship is in or a career is going in, change your words. Start aligning your words to the word of God. And I'm telling you, things will change because there's power. Elhala. And right here, there's power. And if you don't believe me, turn to somebody on your left or your right right now. And I want you to speak a life-giving word to them. Whether it's bless you, I love you, I'm glad to see you today. I just want you to speak a word of life to them. Go ahead, turn, speak a word of life. Word of life.
Now, as we close this morning, I want us to freshly consecrate our lips to the Lord, making Jesus fresh this morning, the Lord of our lips. And I've got a very specific prayer that I'm going to pray. And I just, I want you to just be in agreement with me on this prayer. Make it your prayer for today. Start anew. Maybe you've deposited some real junk in some people's lives with your words this week. We're going to ask for forgiveness for that. And we're going to ask the Lord to set a guard upon our lips for this coming week. Will you join me in that prayer? Can we stand together as I read it? You know, Isaiah said when he was in the Lord's presence, he was convicted of his words. Remember, he said, oh, woe is me. But then the Lord cleansed his mouth. And I believe that the Lord can do that for us this morning as well. Let's, uh, let's lift our hearts to the Lord right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you today with a fresh reminder that you have entrusted us with a tremendous responsibility, our words. We acknowledge that we haven't always spoken words that are pleasing to your ears or in others' best interests. For the times that we've been guilty of throwing darts at people's hearts with our words, please forgive us. For the times that we have grieved you by speaking evil, dishonest, rude, or unkind words, please forgive us. Cleanse us this morning. Cleanse us for the salt water that has poured out of our lips. Your word says that no man can tame the tongue. So we ask for the Holy Spirit to do what we can't do. To set a guard about our lips so that we can be ministers of life with our speech. Help us choose our words, Lord. We don't want to crimp the flow of your power into the lives of others or our lives with the words that restrict your goodness and blessings. We want to be found faithful stewards of our speech. We want to be people who release faith, hope, joy, and peace in every conversation. And mostly, Lord, We want to bring honor to your name with every word we speak. And we seal this prayer with the name of Jesus and his blood. And everybody said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.